said they'd asked to quit because they didn't think they had enough time to prepare their case. The judge turned them down. Their client was convicted last night on 45 counts. CBS News senior legal analyst Andrew Cohen says the lead defense attorney had engaged in some questionable actions during the trial. It wouldn't surprise me if the lawyer here were forced to answer uh, for some of his bizarre comments, like saying to reporters during deliberations that he'd be shocked if his client weren't convicted. But that likely won't impact the Sandusky appeal. This wasn't a close case. There was plenty of evidence against the defendant. Sandusky is expected to appeal the verdict, but many legal analysts say he doesn't have much of a case. CBS News reporter Larry Miller tells us about a protest outside the Queen of England's house. Four climate change protesters were arrested after chaining themselves to the Buckingham Palace front gates. They unfurled a banner with a quote from Prince Charles that read, The doomsday clock of climate change is ticking ever faster. They were protesting what they said was the failure of this week's Rio Climate Change Summit. After about four hours, police cut through their chains and took them away. The Queen was not at the palace. She was was at a horse race. Larry Miller, CBS News, London. Rangers at Mount Rainier National Park are waiting for better weather to recover the body of one of their own who died while rescuing four injured climbers. Crews have a helicopter on standby should the weather break. Four rangers are also climbing toward the spot where Nick Hall's body came to rest. He died Thursday sliding 2,600 feet after helping four climbers from Texas who'd fallen near the Washington State Mountains Peak. This is CBS News. Did you know you could earn a transfer discount just by switching your motorcycle policy over to GEICO? And if you already insure your car with GEICO, you could even get a multi-policy discount. I've always wondered what it's like to ride a motorcycle, to ride my steel horse across the land, fighting crime alongside a tall brunette, Francesca. Sorry, my mind went to a strange place there. Where was I? All the GEICO motorcycle discounts. Right. Call GEICO or visit GEICO.com today to see how much our discounts could save you. Blurriness, wavy lines, blind spot, these are all symptoms of a chronic condition called wet age-related macular degeneration, also known as wet AMD. It can develop quickly and it's a leading cause of blindness in people 60 and older. Learn about your risk factors and find out how a retina specialist can help. Just visit amdawareness.org. And if you aren't seeing clearly, get checked now. Knowing the symptoms may save your sight. Learn more at amdawareness.org today. This message was brought to you by the American Society of Retina Specialists and Genentech. WCBS reporter Jim Smith tells us about a special book that sold for a serious price. $8,700,000. A new record price for any American book or manuscript. With auction fees a total of more than $9.8 million. George Washington's personal annotated copy of the 1789 Acts of Congress, including the Constitution and a draft of the Bill of Rights. It defines his um, uh, recognition of the powers of the president. And Bookout with the Mount Vernon Ladies Association says this historical treasure now heading back to Washington's home for the first time since 1876. Jim Smith. It's tough enough to run across the United States in shoes. 18-year-old Ray Heim of Carroll, Iowa, is doing it barefoot. She's running to raise money for a charity that supplies shoes to needy kids. She says running shoes for her are dead weight. She started running barefoot and came to love it. Sam Litzinger, CBS News. Listen, if you're considering buying hardwood flooring, don't do anything until you've written down this number and received your free Lumber Liquidators catalog. The flooring was high quality with an unbeatable price tag. Call in the next 10 minutes to get your free catalog. What I bought at Lumber Liquidators is a 
vastly higher quality than flooring I had installed six years ago, and for a fraction of the cost. So if you want great hardwood flooring at unbeatable prices, trust Lumber Liquidators. We buy direct from the mills. Call right now to get our flooring guide and catalog absolutely free. It's filled with top quality hardwood flooring, including solid hardwoods, laminates, and bamboos, and even Bella Wood prefinished flooring with a 100-year transferable warranty. The same floor Bob Vila has in his home. This free catalog is full of tips, ideas, and our flooring project list to make your buying decisions easy. Hurry, call right now to get a copy of this free guide and catalog. Call 800-690-9490 to get your free copy now. 800-690-9490. 800-690-9490. KWFM, South Tucson. The views of this program are not necessarily those of KWFM, its management, or its sponsors. The host is solely responsible for the content. On a mission given to me by Woody Shaw, Sunship, Dizzy, and Billy Higgins, dedicated to pursuing a piece of our cultural heritage through interviews with my jazz heroes, this is the Jake Feinberg Show. Hey, yeah. We're at the Jazz Workshop at 733 Boylston Street, and we'll be bringing you uh, Donald Byrd with uh, Kevin Tony on piano. Keith Kilgo on drums, Ray Armando is the conga player, David Williams uh, is on bass, Bernard Perry on guitar, and Alan Barnes will be doing the sax work. This is uh, Donald Byrd and uh, his band.
show on KWFM 1330, a star. It's a pleasure to have you all with us today. And uh, archiving is imperative for future societies to involve, to evolve. The effort that goes into preserving our cultural heritage starts with recognition of the past as a bridge to the future. Back in 1973, someone with an analog cassette deck was savvy enough to tape a bevy of shows from Paul's Mall from radio broadcasts on WBCN in Boston. One of these recordings was the Donald Bird 7, which was made up of a couple of veterans, Ray Armando on conga, David Williams on bass, and the group that became known as the Blackbirds. Donald Bird sought these young warriors at Howard University and knew these cats could play, and they needed to get some live chops under their belt. Today is the day we get to go back in time with the keyboardist from that group, Kevin Tony, who is a, <coughs> excuse me, who is a musician that continues to thrive in today's music world. But make no mistake, this period of his musical history was special because he was part of a musical family who loved a higher power, sought mentors, and tried to add their own accents to the music. Do it fluid with Kevin Tony. Welcome to the Jake Feinberg Thank Show. I'm glad to be on your show, and um, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to recognize that song almost 40 years ago, but I, I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny, because uh, what I'm looking at here is, uh, at the end of the song, uh, Donald Bird gets up, it's a 27-minute song, and at, after the song, he gets up, and he's very his voice is very low, and the guy wrote that the name of the song is Kwame. K-W-A-M-E, but there's a question mark after it, so nobody really knows what the song's name totally, it truly is. I don't think the name of that, you know, I don't remember a song, we had a song called Kwame, I think it's something else, I'm going to have to put my fingers on it, once I, you know, listen to it a little bit more, Oh yeah. I'll be able to tell you from that period, in fact, you know what, you know what I'm going to have to do? Mm-hmm. I have cassettes from that period, believe it or not, if they play, I mean, oh. I've got them in storage, I've had them for years. Um, that really chronicles and documents um, probably a few of those gigs and, and a lot of the gigs that we did during that time up probably to the time we disbanded. So I'll look and see if I can find what that is. Too. That would be wonderful because, uh, like I said, it's it's so important, you know, looking back on this, Kevin and I did an original interview together, a pretty extensive one about his full career from his childhood up through all of his professional career. But what does it say to you about the fact that 40 years ago today, the importance of having recordings like this, be able to go back and listen to them again? Well, you know, recordings are like books for music. Uh, I think that both of them go hand in hand, but certainly a recording, um, it just uh, it, it establishes your, um, it's something you can pass down. It's something that will eventually, you never know when you make it, that can become classic. Or stand, the st- or stand the test of time. And hopefully, as an artist, I think all artists, true artists, strive to do music that's um, remembered, that's classic, that's timeless, and that um, can, can endure. So uh, it's something, again, like what you said, too, to pass down historically as to a marker as to what we were doing. Very well put. I, you know, I wanted to ask you, um, for the audience here, 
How did you originally meet Keith Kilgo, Bernard Perry, and Alan Barnes? Well, I guess that story would go, let me just go back a step to how I met Donald Byrd. Go ahead. Um, I just graduated from Cass Tech High School out of Detroit, looking for some place to go study jazz. And, um, you know, I, I heard about Howard and Donald. I didn't really know him. I knew who he was somewhat. But here's a funny story about that. I knew Donald Byrd was, the way I knew him is because Herbie Hancock had played, in, you know, on records by him. So I figured if Herbie played with Donald, Donald's got to be good, right? Right, right. right. <laughs> by the way, Donald discovered Herbie, too. But anyway, getting to Howard, you know, and um, immediately hooking up with Byrd, um, and just him just really embracing me and Barney Perry, as a matter of fact. The year I came to Howard in the fall of 71, also Barney Perry came there, a gifted guitarist from um, Buffalo who was the original guitarist. So immediately Bert, you know, um, you know, put us under his wings. We, we began doing gigs with him immediately with, with his band of um, professionals, uh, should I say his band of jazz, jazz heroes. There was Joe Chambers in the band. There was David Williams on bass. Joe Chambers, of course, on drums. Um, we had Stanley Kyle play piano initially when I was there, and I think I played electric piano. I had the fortune of having that. It was Harold. We had Harold Vick. We had Billy Harper on sax. Wow. Uh, and that was my first year in school. That's not too bad. No, that, that is an unbelievable exposure. Cats, right? Mm-hmm. So as that develops, and we work with Bird, you know, uh, on the weekends, taking classes and stuff, studying with him. By the way, he was the department head of jazz studies at Howard University in Washington, D.C. Um, you know, Donald, um, I think our second year there in 72, Donald had a, a, a hit record. You know, he, he recorded this, song, this record called Blackbird. Right. Um, but, and it was produced by some of his students, uh, Fonts and Larry Mizell, who went to Howard and uh, who had graduated when we came. And so now Donald has a hit record, and he wants to put more students in the band. So, he, you know, he's asking us, hey, well, who, who do you know? Who can we, you know, who would you like to play with? Or, you know, who else do we put in the band? So um, I think that summer I had met Keith um, because Keith was, wow, he was the jazz drummer Dynamo, young Dynamo, in Washington, D.C., and I hadn't met him my first year because he was away in school at Bradley University. So my summer, first summer in uh, D.C., I stayed there, and of course, I, you know, I meet Keith, and immediately we formed this musical bond, um, like um, White on Rice, you know, wanting to play all the gigs together and hang out. I mean, you know, we just came buddies and hit it on. So that next semester, um, you know, of course, I brought Keith up to uh, Howard and Bert said, hey, you got to have this guy. <laughs> you know, let's, let's play with him. Right, you know, right. He's the guy that's going to play drums. And Donald knew his father, Harry Kilgo, who was a jazz pianist of note around the area and had recorded with a group called the JFK Quintet. Well, anyway, long story short, so then Keith transfers from Bradley. He's here, at, uh, and, and, and he plays with us. And then, you know, Keith says, well, hey, wait a minute. I got my buddies who I grew up with. You got to have Joe Hall on bass because Joe Hall and Keith had a group as uh, in high school, and and their third person was was Orville Saunders, a guitar player who would join us later when Barney left the group. But anyway, at this point, we now have um, Barney, myself, um, Keith, and Joe, and we're doing gigs with Bird. And by this time, Bird, um, 
I don't think we had our sax. Allen hadn't come yet, and so we still had David Williams playing with us and Ray Armando. So I think that summer, the next summer, it may even been that same summer, I went back to Detroit because Bird said, hey, he heard from um, um, Alan Barnes' uncle. Donald Bird is from Detroit. I'm from Detroit. And Alan's from Detroit. And so there was this connection that... Um, that Alan Barnes was going to be coming up here. He was, um, you know, again, Bert knew his uncle, and um, we were going to check out Alan. So I remember the story of going back to ride back. I drove back there, flew back there, and, and helped him move to uh, Alan Barnes, move to um, back to D.C. Alan was a superb musician, you know, already mature and just ripe uh, for coming into the group. So at this point, and I think this has got to be early set, the beginning of, this, uh, of the fall semester of 1973 at this point. Uh, or it could be somewhere else. I'm not really sure. But anyway, at this point, now we've got five students plus Donald and Ray Armando. And so at this point, again, we're playing gigs with Donald. It was the Donald Burt Septet. It could have been seven tet, you know, whenever septet, whenever we had seven people. Then at this point, then Donald decides, well, let's take it all away, you know, and he's still having his success. You know, his record becomes one of the top-selling jazz records of all time on Blue Note, and we're touring around the country, and um, you know, with, with the distinction that we're full-time students out in the real world with our professor um, getting a getting the experience. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those magical stories of musical history. I actually, the question I have is, um, you know, uh, Blackbird, uh, I've had, you know, Roger Glenn and Harvey Mason and all the Mm -hmm. guys that were in the studio who cut that album. Mm -hmm. So when, you know, when, when he made that album, he, and, and it went big, then when you guys came into the band, you guys learned that material because that's the material. I mean, actually, yeah. you you took uh, on, you took that on the road with you, but you had to learn that stuff. That, well, you weren't in the studio making that album. With no, it. we didn't make the studio. No, we didn't make the studio uh, album. It was made by those musicians you mentioned, plus Jerry Peters. That was his West Coast band. Mm-hmm. We call it. Mm-hmm. We were still students. Um, uh, well, even when we 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 were his his band on the East Coast, essentially. And, uh, yes, yes, we had to learn those material, but let, let's go back, okay? Mm-hmm. That from when I first came to Howard, here's the thing that Donald did, and one of the great things that, um, um, you know, certainly endeared to him for, because he passed on the legacy of, he, he immediately let Barney and I play our songs. So, you know, our songs were incorporated into the band immediately. You know, uh, whatever our, the tunes at that time, we were writing jazz tunes, this, that, and the other. Um, just like the tune that you started off with is, I'm not sure whose song that is. It could be Donald's song, my song, but it's a long one of those long form songs. And at that time, besides Donald trying to break through commercially with his new song, we were very experimental in those days too. Um, you know, again, uh, experimenting with the new electronics, the new form. You know, jazz was in transition. You know, the bitches brew had happened. You know, the late '60s. We were in the early '70s now. You got Nwadushi at taking place and you know so 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 the flood the, the floodgates were open for new music now and you know here we are 18 19 year old guys and, and our heroes are breaking the floodgates you know the herbie hancock the chick careers the mccoy tyners um you know the Dow birds you know and we were right there with them and so um and what i want to say is to say that by the time donald's hit record comes out 
we're doing a combination of things. Exactly. The thing that you hear at the uh, Paul's Mall. We're playing the Donald Byrd hit records and, you know, in, in his repertoire, along with our individual compositions. And this is what, what we did in the pre-Blackbird dates, which consisted of jazz standards and any of the contemporary writing that the members of the group did. You know, the one thing I wanted to talk to you about was the trust amongst you guys, because that we didn't get to pl- I would have played the first 11 minutes of that song because it's, it's, this, it's this repeating, you know, cacophony of mute just over and over and over this building of momentum and to me that speaks of patience it also speaks of somebody like donald bird who was your mentor who would look at you and i can hear him you know uh during when when for instance alan barnes is going to start a solo and he gets into it i can hear donald bird saying right on right on like i mean he says keep you know i can hear the encouragement there Absolutely. 27 minutes of jamming that takes, you have to believe that everybody's got to be on the same page for that, period. Right, that meant that everybody could at least count on a five-minute solo. <laughs> 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 and you know, in jazz, we live for the solo. Right, I mean, right, I mean, right. You, know, you can't, I, I, have, I haven't met a jazz musician yet, or anybody who, who comes from that vernacular and vocabulary that doesn't want to take a solo and doesn't want to play as long as he or she can possibly play. I mean, you know, within reason. So back then, we uh, were at the extreme of that um, concept of long improvisation. You know, let's uh, let's put the audience back in the time capsule and let's get Kevin Tony back in the time capsule and, and uh, cue up a little bit of a piece. We're going to listen to this and we'll come back and talk about it, okay? All right.
could keep going there, but uh, you know that that is Alan Barnes on full display. Take it away, Mr. Tony. Yes, Alan Barnes. I just talked to him, and I'm not sure he. You know, he had a, a gig. He told me today. Him and Keith Kilgo uh, send their um, deepest um, shout outs to everybody there because um, they were excited when I told them about it. But um, they had a prior commitment. But um, Look, you know, uh, and uh, that that brings out you know a lot of fond memories and a lot of love for the guys. And that you know, at that time, as I listened to Alan play, one of the beauties and one of the things that Donald did with us that you know certainly has shaped me, and I'm sure it shaped everyone else, is that he allowed us to format to stretch out. I mean, go for it, and not only stretch out, but to develop your ideals. You know, as I hear Alan soloing and I hear his vocabulary, mm-hmm. meaning the lines that he's playing and the music language that he's playing, we all develop a similar type of linear um, sound based on uh, our studying and with Donald and talking about how we can take our improvisation and develop a personal style through taking a compositional approach. And um, while still, re- you know, maintaining... And, and building upon the traditional jazz concepts and pushing the envelope forward. I mean, it's like, um, it's, it's beautiful to hear that music. I haven't heard that stuff in, um, you know, it's, it's almost approaching 40 years. It's amazing. So, um, you know, I want to, I don't, I, it was very, that's so well articulated because of the experimental period of time that we were in. And to hear you guys having that much fun and being able to, like you said, expand, I mean, that vocabulary was so was so fluent and I don't you know we got about a minute before we got to go to break Kevin we're going to come back I mean part of the issue here is uh to showcase Kevin Tony's skills but also within the brethren that he was with you know hearing Alan Barnes go off for eight minutes like he says any jazz person wants to have that solo and he just tore into it having the mentorship of Donald Byrd to allow that to happen to stretch out it's an honor to have you on the program Kevin we're going to come back we're going to do a whole lot more my man so you just stay, stay, stay right there, and we'll come right back, okay? okay? All right, sounds good. We'll be back in just a minute. This is the Jake Feinberg Show. We'll be right back. NBC News Radio, I'm Alyssa Rayberger. Lawyers for convicted pedophile Jerry Sandusky say they tried to quit the case on the eve of the trial, but the judge would not let them. Sandusky, a former assistant football coach at Penn State, is in jail under suicide watch and will be sentenced in September. Sandusky could now face life in prison and scores of civil lawsuits. George McCubbin, head of the union representing thousands of Border Patrol agents, wants U.S. Attorney General Eric Holder to resign. Ultimately, all that we're seeking are the answers. That's what the Terry family is seeking. That's why we're seeking, and the attorney general's not cooperating in getting those answers. McCubbin says Holder is clearly suppressing documents that could shed light on the role Operation Fast and Furious played in the murder of Border Patrol agent Brian Terry. Heavy rains and strong winds are hitting the west coast of Florida as an offshore storm builds strength. Forecasters say the storm in the Gulf of Mexico could become a hurricane. This is NBC News Radio. Did you know you could earn a transfer discount just by switching your motorcycle policy over to GEICO? And if you already insure your car with GEICO, you could even get a multi-policy discount. I've always wondered what it's like to ride a motorcycle, to ride my steel horse across the land, fighting crime alongside a tall brunette, Francesca. Sorry, my mind went to a strange place there. Where was I? All the GEICO motorcycle discounts. Right. Call GEICO or visit GEICO.com today to see how much our discounts could save you. 
blurriness, wavy lines, blind spot. These are all symptoms of a chronic condition called wet age-related macular degeneration, also known as wet AMD. It can develop quickly and it's a leading cause of blindness in people 60 and older. Learn about your risk factors and find out how a retina specialist can help. Just visit amdawareness.org. And if you aren't seeing clearly, get checked now. Knowing the symptoms may save your sight. Learn more at amdawareness.org today. This message was brought to you by the American Society of Retina Specialists and Genentech. Listen, if you're considering buying hardwood flooring, don't do anything until you've written down this number and received your free Lumber Liquidators catalog. The flooring was high quality with an unbeatable price tag. Call in the next 10 minutes to get your free catalog. What I bought at Lumber Liquidators is a vastly higher quality than flooring I had installed six years ago and for a fraction of the cost. So if you want great hardwood flooring at unbeatable prices, trust Lumber Liquidators. We buy direct from the mills. Call right now to get our flooring guide and catalog absolutely free. It's filled with top quality hardwood flooring, including solid hardwoods, laminates, and bamboos, and even Bella Wood prefinished flooring with a 100-year transferable warranty. The same floor Bob Vila has in his home. This free catalog is full of tips, ideas, and our flooring project list to make your buying decisions easy. Hurry, call right now to get a copy of this free guide and catalog. Call 800-690-9490 to get your free copy now. 800-690-9490. 800- 690-9490. On the continuum of stereos, there are the good, the bad, the ugly, the nondescript, the esoteric, the mundane. You might have one for which there are no adequate words. At Stereo Hospital, we try to be universally accepting of them all, no matter how expensive, cheap, compromised, vilified, or revered they might be. For a minimal charge, we will put your malfunctioning stereo on our workbench and determine how serious its problems are. Guaranteed repairs are completed only with your approval of the final cost. If you want to take a giant step backwards to 1970, we have vintage receivers, turntables, speakers, and tape decks for sale with full warranty at reasonable prices. For service on and sales of stereo equipment of all kinds, the in-crowd meets at 4044 East Speedway inside Metronome Music. You can confirm our hours of operation and phone at StereoHospital.com, where the misbehaving and misbegotten are rendered civilized and attractive, if humanly possible. Folks, this is Jake Feinberg. When it came time to decide where to buy my daughter a piano last year, the choice was easy. We got it at Hackenberg & Sons Piano Company. Located at 4333 East Broadway Boulevard, Hackenberg & Sons is Tucson's longest-running family-owned piano business. Run by three brothers and a son, they pride themselves on superior instruments and customer satisfaction. It's why they've been around so long. And it's why their pianos are used at the University of Arizona, Pima Community College, and many other prestigious institutions. So whether it's for your child, business, or yourself, when you buy a piano, make sure you go to Hackenberg & Sons. It'll be the beginning of a long-lasting partnership. For more information, visit them at hackenbergpiano.com. In this day and age, people have a lot to protect. You want to know that when you're insuring valuable goods, you have an agent you can trust. Craig Pretzinger is that agent. For auto, home, and life insurance, the Pretzinger Agency is Tucson's most honest and flexible insurance company. Have off-road vehicles or motor homes? Pretzinger can cover that as well. Pretzinger Agency at 299-5810, located across the street from Sullivan Steakhouse on the southwest corner of River and Camp. Trust, compassion, and service. The whole package at Pretzinger Agency. Call 299-5810 or text quote to 520-582-5150. 520-582-5150. Folks, this is Jake Feinberg. One of the first things I wanted to do when I moved to Tucson was find authentic Chinese cuisine. After a tip from the Chinese Student Association, I headed over to Badar Chinese Restaurant. Well, 
It's been seven years, and I have never looked back. Located at 7321 East Broadway Boulevard, Badar has been a family-run operation since 1992. The award-winning chef produces succulent dishes from sizzling ginger chicken to salt and pepper shrimp. The thing that separates Badar from the rest is that the chef procures ancient oriental dishes with the exotic island flair of Taiwan. Most importantly, there are no gimmicks or razzle-dazzle at Badar. You won't find any flat-screen TVs or karaoke machines. Badar is a place to go enjoy good food and spend time with your family. It exudes peace and tranquility after a long week of work. So come down and check out Badar Chinese Restaurant. Hung Hao Chu, it's that good. If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Be a part of a new coalition with Jake Feinberg. The second half of my show starts right now. Doing the work that I was put on earth to do. Welcome back to the Jake Feinberg Show, everybody. And we're joined today by uh, a legendary piano player and uh, a guy who just put out a new album, Heart of Gratitude. A new book as well called The Virtuous Man. And I guess, Kevin, I wanted to ask you, you have a new release about to come up. You want to talk about that a little bit? The American Suite? Yeah, New American Suite, sure. Hey, but before I do that, I want to just say something, what you said before you tagged off. Let me just say this. You know, um, it's an honor for me to, whenever I have the opportunity to talk about my experience with the Blackbirds and Donald Bird and to, you know, hold them up in high esteem and give them honor um, and um, tips. Those are my comrades. Those are my um, buddies. Um, those were my um, comrades in arms, as you could say, musical arms and brothers. And, um, you know, as, as, as the group is lifted up, I'm lifted up. As I'm lifted up, the group is lifted up. And so those, you know, it's never, I can't say, you, you can never, it's never an underscore for me to have to, or to talk about the accomplishments of what the group did. That's something I'm proud of, and I'm proud to be able to, be the spokesman at this junction on this interview. Well, I mean, just to just to to piggyback on that, you know, you're talking to a journalist at this point who who was not alive during that time. So only through literature, uh, liner notes, photographs, and obviously the music, was I able to decipher how special this group actually was. So right. it, I mean, that to me is the magic of the soul and the spirit. And what you're saying is. I mean, I just want to bring people. That's my goal is to is to build a bridge to future generations, so that they know that there were these exceptional stories that went on not that long ago in our history in order to move us forward in a progressive fashion. That's that's the truth. And I mean, at the end of the day, I want to interview all the guys in the band. You know, when you know, it's, absolutely so. And so, anyway, just why don't you talk about New American Suite for a minute? Well, New American Suite. I'm um, excited about this music. It's my. Um it's my first studio seat, uh, recording, uh, really since 2005, outside of Heart of Gratitude solo piano. So, um, should I say, I should say it's my first mainstream release. Um, Heart of Gratitude was attached and is a companion piece to my new book, The Virtuous Man Breaking the Men's Code. But, uh, so, so, so the, the fat and the skinny on New American Suite is that, um, it's my, um, also, it, 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 it it's, it's a new sound, a new season for me, uh, in that this piece is entirely a trio piece. I don't use any synthesizers on there. There's no strings, there's nothing. It's a trio, it's, a, it's electric bass, 
It's, uh, we got a, we got the great um, Chris Coleman on drums. I got uh, the great Michael Bradford on bass. Um, I've met up with some new brothers here, and uh, that we worship together. And um, so our experience is totally different. It's a live recording. Um, the music itself um, is a combination of um, traditional jazz, mainstream jazz roots. Although it's not a standard trio record, it's not like you're going to hear Oscar Peterson. We don't play standards. They're all originals. Mm -hmm. There is one uh, cover song that we did that I'm excited about, The uh, Entertainer by Scott Joplin, where we, uh, our, our goal was to take what Scott created with his melody um, and rhythms and to move them forth uh, to, into 19, 2012. And uh, we've got a real fresh approach on that. But the whole idea about the new American suite is this: um, my creative, um, my creative executive producer Don Mizell, and I have to give him a shout out because he really helped me conceptually to put things together. Michael Bradford helped me to conceptually, and he helped to collaborate with me about this record. And so I can tell you, before I even get to the juice, that this record is so different in my others in that it is totally a collaborative effort. Um, and I won't go back to making records like I used to. Um, but the new, whole new American Suite thing is this. Um, the songs, it's an instrumental record, but the songs are a conversation piece. These songs really depict the new America we live in. Wow. Um, and so we've got titles on here like uh, A Soulful Union, um, you know, things like Siberia. But A Soulful Union, meaning that the new America that we live in now, our vision of it is a, one of connecting everyone to everyone's soul, okay? Not as in soul music, but soul is in your spirit, is in your heart, connecting to be a more soulful union. We've got pieces on here like Spacious Skies, and we know what Spacious Skies meant from our founding father, that we, that, you know, I believe in concept musically um, and metaphorically is that the new America we live in still has spacious skies where everyone is still created free um, to do what they, to dream all that they can dream, to, to, to accomplish all that they can um, accomplish. We've got songs on here. Like there's a song title called E Pluribus Unum, which is on the dollar bill. It used to be on the dollar bill, and it means out of one, out of many, come one. Mm -hmm. And so certainly our group as a trio, we exemplify this. This is one of the one of the tunes on there that I really love. I love all the songs. All of them are really great, but this song is really special and that it displays the unity um, uh, about improvisation as the three of us come one again uh, out of many in this country we want you know our, our vision of the new America is to out of many we become one uh, we got we got and then I'll just close with yeah. saying that we've got one title here we close off the record with a song called in God we trust um, out of, you know what's so interesting about that is that it's of course it's on the dollar bill but it gets back to the fundamental belief that even what we started off with, uh, our founding fathers, uh, the new America still needs to be about trusting in God and not trusting in man. And one more little title here that I should tell you about, too, is that we also look into where we are now and into the future with a very fast-paced song that's entitled Siberia, 
where that song reflects metaphorically where we at, you know, in this fast-paced internet age, you know, where we can send a text, we can send an email, we can, we can, um, you know, go on YouTube and we can have a teleconference. We're like, you know, we're living what we thought wasn't possible was only possible on TV in the Jetsons in the uh, <laughs> in the 1960s as I was growing up as a kid. But so, why, why, uh, why, um, why, why is it called Siberia though? Siberia is spelled with a C. Okay, okay, got it. I love that. I love it. Like C Y B E R I. I got it. It's very cool. And so, and then, and I should tell you this: Look, New American Suite. The title cut is a suite, really, literally, in about four different parts that really incorporates a lot of the New American styles. In other words, it's our vision of what of what improvisational music is as we know it's jazz but not to be limited to it but you know i'll call it uh, creative improvisational instrumental music i mean we, by the way will be released um and it'll be in your record stores and at itunes and every place else you can get it at uh july 24th we are following this up with a tour of the united states hopefully we can hit your guys area uh, but we're going to be touring to support it um, in uh, you know August through the end of the year. Oh, you, I mean, you better believe it. We could go on. I you really opened up my eyes on a, on a you know the the um, a more, more soulful union. I, I mean, I think that's sort of something that I I dream of as well. And it's it's part of a promotional concert that I'm doing tonight for a for a cat from your generation, a piano player and a <clears throat> organist from Southern Arizona, Lamont Arthur. And it's the same kind of thing. It's about you know the soul. Everyone's soul is connected and, you know, leading through, I think music is just the perfect tonic Uh, there. You know, we don't need all this. um, But I think that in in a lot of ways, going back to the Donald Bird uh, seven, you know, the idea that you guys were able to stay in Boston for a week at a time, you could take the Fender Roads after the concert. You were so jacked up that you would take it back to the hotel. I you, told you that story. You remember? Of course, of course. I mean, <laughs> the, I'm just saying. You know, listen. Before we get into that, I want to cut to a, a, an exclusive ten, Kevin Tony uh, piece here from that concert. Bring him back in the time capsule, and then we'll come back and talk some more about it. Okay, we'll do.
some point you guys like looked at each other, turned on a dime, and just kicked into another gear. <laughs> wow, you know, that's amazing hearing that song. And, wow, 1973, I was just turning 20, 19 years old. And that's Fancy Free. That's a Donald Byrd song from the 60s, one of Donald's uh, most popular songs from the 60s outside of uh, Crystal Redentor. Mm-hmm. And um, wow, there it is, playing the Fender Rose. That was the <laughs> that was the act of choice for piano players. <laughs> um, and it's interesting during that time. I don't think on a live gig I never played an acoustic piano except in the studio because that was the sound. You know, it's kind of like it was interesting. The early seventies. It's like most of the piano players, except for McCoy Tyner and Keith Jarrett, just uh, abandoned acoustic piano. <laughs> That's right. That's right. They went for the Fender Rose, but that was part of the new sound, and, you know, it's, it's all interesting, but uh, wow, okay. No, I, I mean, but I think that, that it's a new sound, but there was an incorporation of, like, you had these new new sort of gadgets, you had this 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 uh, this this fusion of rock and jazz, and and um, and then obviously this freedom to experiment and, and go off for five six minutes at a time. I mean, I I you know Kevin, I mean my my feeling is that you know with my concert tonight, I I, I will I hope that um, that that my 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 musicians will go off for three four five minutes, have the patience and the desire and the soul and the belief in themselves to be able to to dance around like that because. I mean, it seemed like you guys were having so much fun, like in an intra-squad game with Armando playing congas. Like he just started to play with you. You guys started listening to each other. You're going off on it. You can hear that stuff. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's what you call, you know, group uh, improvisational and, and interplay to the highest order. And that's one of the great things. That's one of the. That's one of the. That's one of the, the, the choice fruits of jazz improvisation. That, that's what you crave for. That's that's the juice. How do you fe- how do you feel? today in in a, like the live setting for new american suite i mean the audiences i mean is it is it has the paradigm of live music become more uptight is it more of an expectation to please the audience as opposed to we're going to put this out there and you guys can 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 decipher what you want from it because it seemed to me there's a lot more about the musician saying this is who we are and this is what we're going to do and you guys can determine afterwards if you like it or not as opposed to well we're gonna have to play stuff that the audience wants to hear well, I think in 2012, we're we, we a wonderful place in history. I, I, I love it because we have just, you know, we're in the beginning of a new decade, and quite frankly, um, the old paragram or, or what has passed in contemporary jazz has, has left us. Mm-hmm. You know, like, for instance, the smooth jazz paradigm was here from the 90s through the two, early 2000s. Now that's gone. Um, you know, we've had the um, Young Lions. You know, jazz, mainstream jazz has already been, always been here. But I think what we have found that I'm excited about New American Suite is that it is time. It's, it's a wide open field out here. You can create something new with elements of, of old, so to speak, and the adventure to go further. Like I believe on the record that we have here, and the music that we did here that we um, are on the threshold of crossing a new divide, you know, where, yeah, there's things that are very familiar to you, but yet there are things where you can hear us taking chances in the music, um, wanting to have fun, that interplay, playing off of each other, and really trying to create something new and fresh and energetic. And um, I'm hoping to... um, 
you know, two things on that note. One, I want to get the CD to you so that you can break it on your show and begin to play some things as we approach that. And then two, um, I, I, I want to figure out and who do I talk to to come into your market with the Kevin Tony 3 and, and play this new music as well as some of the um, other music in my uh Workshop. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's gonna it's a done deal, and I think that that it's something that we we will definitely uh, be collaborating uh, with. You know, uh, we're gonna Kevin. I want to play this. Uh, it's a track that um that a lot of my friends. Uh, you know, we could be playing table tennis in the backyard, um, hanging out, and uh, it's one of those things that uh, it epitomizes the soul and the spirit and the love of the group at that time. Uh, I want to come back. I want you to listen to this. Come back. We might need to go to the news break, but if we do, we'll come back on the other side, okay? Okay.
minister and I got kicked out of church when I was 12. So, uh, Kevin, just hold your thoughts. We're going to go to the bottom of the hour and come right back. All right, buddy? Hang tough on the Jake Feinberg Show. I'm Sam Litzinger. Folks from southern Louisiana to the Florida Panhandle should expect lots of rain and maybe worse. Tropical Storm Debbie has now formed in the Gulf of Mexico. A tropical storm warning is up for part of the Louisiana coast. Chris Lance. Welcome back, everybody, to the Jake Feinberg Show. And uh, Kevin Tony, uh, the happy reverend. Beautiful tune. Yeah, I, you, the Happy Reverend. Um, that's, you know, I didn't even recognize that song. That's been so off, far off my radar. But <laughs> I recognize two things I recognize. Go ahead. I recognize everybody's style. I recognize guitar player Barney Perry and how um, mature of a player he was when he came with Howard. He was just really, um, had already had a sound and he knew so much. You know, um, Barney was a. He's a great guitarist, and then there was, I hear Keith Kilgore, the drummer, grunting back there. 
And um, so it um, reminds me, I know that that was us. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. No, I'm listening. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so that's fantastic to hear this music, you know. Um, uh, I can't wait to share it with the other guys and, you know, something that we can put in our um, um, archives, so to speak, as to, you know, what we've done. In fact, it is digitized now and yeah. it's, it's available and... Um, well, there it is. So um, that that's great for historical purposes, and I believe um, just like um, you know, one thing is for sure about time is time certainly moves on, and just like the music that we uh, relish in our history, uh, you know, from the early turn of the century to Scott Joplin music to the music of the '30s when you had Duke Ellington and. That's Waller and musicians like that to the 40s when you had the bebop, um, to the 50s when you had the cool jazz, to the 60s, and to the 70s. That that music there would be a marker uh, of what um, what some of the sounds were and and, and some of the cutting edge creative um, stuff that we were doing. I'm I'm certainly um, delighted and honored that you know that music holds up. Still sounds it sounds great, you know, and I'm not saying that because I'm there and trying to cheat myself, but you know it really holds up artistically. That it's something I'm proud to listen to. I'm, I'm you, you, I won't have to. There's no cringe moments for me there. You know? <laughs> no, but uh, you know, at the same time, um, I, you know, I, uh, I just look at the guys in the group and I say, you know, they they came, you guys. Uh, whether it was Bernard Perry, Keith Kilgo, you know, you had a maturity and a, and a style and a sound already developed by the time you got to Howard University. And I believe that had to have happened um, through life experience and the things that you had to say from your soul. And I, and I, and I, the only thing I, I think about today with younger musicians is the idea of do they have the mentors like the Donald Birds in place that have that have the flexibility to say, yeah, you guys will come on the road with me, let's do this, or you know, and the, the, and the, on the flip side, has has my generation of musicians been through enough life experience to grow enough to be able to have something to say? I think that's the point: is that you guys actually had something to say. Sometimes it was ten minutes long. Sometimes it was twenty-seven minutes long. <laughs> and and those are the things. The, those are the unanswered questions. But I will say, Kevin, I well, love. Let, let me say yeah. this as I can. I, yeah. I'll tackle them quickly, right quick. Uh, one, I think this. Yes, there are still the Donald Birds. The Donald Birds these days are the Kevin Tonys. Who ha I have my band, and I, I go out and I try to hire young guys to play with me and and give them that experience. I'm doing that with my daughter right now. My daughter uh, just graduated from college. She's a tremendous vocalist, singer, uh, and I'm giving her the opportunity in my band. She, I have her playing with the Blackbirds on some gigs. I have her playing on my gigs, and I'm giving her th those kind of opportunities. So there are people like me who are still in the trenches wanting to give that continuum out there. The second part of your question, if uh, do the people of your generation now, uh, have they lived enough? I say yes. Yes, you have. You know, the question is, are you out there in the trenches? Are you out there in the workplace, in the workshop, in the lab of playing your music? Like, are you out there working it? Are you telling your story nightly? Are you telling your story often? Are you playing live with musicians? 
You got, you know, this is a, gen- you know, your generation uh, or the generation now is a generation that has grown up on the ideal that you make music really pretty much by yourself or you're making with machines, right. you're making with computers and all that's great because guess what? I do that too. I've even made jazz records like that. I made a whole string of jazz records called, you know, uh, under the smooth jazz banner. I didn't call it that, but basically it was contemporary jazz for the moment. And, you know, yeah, I use drum machines, I use synthesizers, and all that's great tools for making music. But there's nothing like playing live. And the kind of experience that you get playing live with your fellow musicians, you can't replace that, you can't explain, replace that experience by being in the studio on your, in Pro Tools cutting, cutting a live record. It's not the same. And, and uh, I'll just say this in, in closing, Kevin. Um, we have more to cover, but um, I, uh, I appreciate you being an angel on my shoulder tonight as we, as we go into this, uh, this live music event this evening as I hand out the 2012 Jazz Award to Lamont Arthur. I know you're going to be there in spirit and in heart, and, uh, and I look forward to the new release CD, and I look forward to you coming down to Tucson with the, the Kevin Tony 3, my man. Okay, for sure, and we'll be in touch, okay, Jay? And uh, uh, love and light and um, God's favor and blessings on your event tonight. And all your listeners out there. Take it easy. Right back at you, brother. We'll talk soon. Okay, bye-bye. This is the Jake Feinberg Show on KWFM 1330. The Star.